Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we're going to kick off our review of the best of Homo Culture, the best to us episodes, starting off with Star Trek, the original series, season one, episode 14 or 15, if you're on Netflix, Balance of Terror. Our list of the best episodes to review comes mostly from good friend Lee Shackelford, although we've made a few substitutions based on episodes that we have already reviewed on this very podcast. So this week, once again, Balance of Terror. And next week, if you want to watch ahead, we're going to be reviewing Space Seed. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Stargate historian, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? Man, I'm so glad to be back after a few episodes hiatus. World life has slowed down long enough for me to enjoy this again. Yeah, man. I'm uh, glad to have you back. You've been out doing grown-up stuff. We're in the middle. Uh, between the last episode and this one episode, my youngest child has gone into renal failure and is at his own dialysis. We're in the process of buying a house. We were in a car accident, so we're in the process of getting a new car. So, yeah, real life has just been all over the place. <sighs> Yeah, man, that's I'm I'm sad to hear all that. I had no idea that that that's a lot to be going through, especially especially since, you know, COVID pandemic. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we can cheer you up by talking about some Trek tonight, man. Uh, look, I'm ex- like I said, I'm excited to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back, bro. And also uh, in Hattiesburg, we have Jonathan Shorts, the Trek story. How you doing, dude? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Just working a lot and watching DS9 again. So that's what I do. Again and again and again. (laughs) It gets better every time, believe it or not. Oh, man. True words. True words. Also on the podcast, we have the Who Story, Cal Jones. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. And I want to second what you said in saying, welcome back, Jeremy. And let's hope that we can have some fun tonight and have a little bit of break from current reality for you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So there are a few ways you can help support the show. First and foremost, by subscribing to the podcast, wherever you may be listening, leaving a review and also telling a friend. Also, please be sure to check out our YouTube channel as we look to add more unique content. If you have a video or review idea, please send that in along with anything else you want to tell us about Trek. Uh, you can do that by sending it to fans at discussingtrek.com. So in the news section, our first full Lower Decks trailer is here. Lower Decks is the brainchild of Mike Mann of the highly successful series, Rick and Morty. What do you guys think? Did you like this trailer? Uh, does it have you clamoring? And also it will actually debut on August the 6th. So are, are you guys ready for August the 6th to get here and watch some animated Star Trek? No, <laughs> this is my opinion. I, I, I stopped watching Cartoon Network a long time ago, and it was probably right along the line time of like, I don't know, what was it? Ed, Ed and Eddie yeah. and all that. And it, it, I, I guess I'm a different type person. Like, that's just not my brand of cartoons. And I don't care how much adult content you put in it. Like a cartoon should be a cartoon. And that's why I watch it. Like if I want to watch an adult show, I watch an adult show. Number one. Number two, it's kind of I was having this conversation, I think, with Jeremy, maybe about shows that are 
being silly for the sake of being silly. And to me, that's no longer entertaining. So like when I some Will Ferrell movies, like I just can't get into it because it's a, get to a certain point where you're just being dumb to be dumb and it's no longer entertaining. Like I like my humor and my comedy to be kind of, I don't know. Smart. Well, not even smart, but just kind of like, I don't know if subtle is the word to look for. Like, not just in your face. Like, we're going to do like Snapstick you're trying funny. to entertain. Yeah. Like you're trying to entertain a three year old. You know how you like yeah. bang your head against something to make them laugh? Like, that's what I feel like. And I just don't really enjoy that. And for them to do that to trick, I, Interesting. which I'll give it a try and I'll watch it, but I'm not too enthused. Interesting. Jeremy, what, what are your thoughts, man? I'm I'm kind of right there with Jonathan. I mean, I, I, we're not the demographic for this card for this show. Definitely, um, I think it's it looks cute. It's not something I would probably watch on my own. I'd probably watch it if like if it happens to be on and I'm flipping the channels, I might stop and watch it. But this would, judging from the trailer, this would never be something I would seek out to watch. Wow. So before I know Cal is 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 uh, another bit to go, but let me let me interject before Cal actually goes. Now, Jonathan, I think I'm right there with you. I usually hate or I ain't gonna say I hate. I'm not a, usually a fan of adult, adult cartoons. I never really gravitated to Family Guy, though. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was quality. I never watched any of those uh, Seth MacFarlane shows. I, I never I only watched Boondocks because people in my household were watching it. <laughs> I probably would have never seeked it out without that and have not seeked it out since. So with that being with that being said, with that being said, I think Ricky Rick and Morty and more than a lot of people can probably attest to this is kind of brilliant. It's a cartoon, but it's very much a science fiction show. If you didn't know, Rick and Morty is pretty much um, uh, Doc and Marty, and it's like a time traveling science paradox, paradoxical, zany. So is it silly? Yes. Does it go over the top? Yes. But it does have a lot of good sci-fi in it. So so go ahead, Kyle. What's your opinion on the lower decks? Okay, so I'm kind of right in the middle of everything all of you guys said in the sense of I'm I don't gravitate a lot to what comedy, not Comedy Central. Yeah, it is Comedy Central. Uh, the Adult Swim. I don't really gravitate a lot to it. There are some. I did like the Squidbillies. I did like, you know, some of the things that they put out. For, but I used to love uh, Billy and Mandy, uh, The Grim Adventures. I loved that. But for the most part, I agree with everything you guys said. Not really on board with it. What Jeremy said, I agree. This is for a different audience, maybe. That is not us, but I think that's part of expanding the franchise. That being said, my ultimate thing is idiots on a spaceship. Of course, I'm going to love this because I love uh, stories of idiots on a spaceship. So. <laughs> oh, what's, what's the British show that you are always you and Lee are always talking about that I've never Red, seen? Red Dwarf. Yeah, Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Yeah, I've never seen and, this show. <laughs> and, and see, like, if, if you're a fan of, like, British TV like I am, and probably, you know, Kyle as well, like, British humor is so subtle that once you start appreciating that, you know, all the other forms like this and, like, Will Ferrell, they just become silly and stupid and... I don't know, man. British, repetitive. Brit- British humor is subtle till it's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's on both ends. 
Now, I agree with this, but I'm going to go with something that I've not seen either, but I've definitely heard it. And I was more thinking of one of the podcasts that I'm like a big fan of, which is Oz 9, which is about idiots on a spaceship. The entire crew are idiots. And as I was watching this, I was reminded of Oz 9. Shameless plug, but still, that's what I was reminded of watching this. Of course, you would narrate that point of view, uh, of course. But but yeah, For the I mean, second narrator, of course. <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, only thing I really want to look, we can move on. But the only thing I really want to look to this show, I think it's going to be good. First of all, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be um, written. I think it's going to have well done writing. The stories I think are going to be good. I just hope it stays in canon as much as an animated show can. Cause I would hope that they would try to keep it in canon as much as possible. Now, when I see some crazy stuff, I'm going to be like, Oh, really? And then like with the trailer itself, I was all on board till they showed the dude with the, the bleeped out, uh, you know what, when he stood up, <laughs> is this, is this Star Trek I'm looking at? <laughs> okay. All right. We have seen Star Trek and we've seen other things on Star Trek discovery. So, just leave it there. Well, we've seen the doctor fantasizing about uh, seven to nine too. So, I mean, we we seen some stuff. I guess I don't know. Anyway, any, would you have a thought, Jeremy? I thought you were going to say something. Well, I mean, do we know? Speaking of canon, do we know when it takes place? Like, is it yes. the original series or is it more next so generation? It was stated that it's, I think the year, but I can't. It takes place after Voyager returns home. So basically, it's a sequel of it's after DS9, Voyager, and TNG, but right before Picard and before. So the flashbacks we see in Picard uh-huh. is immediately before that. Okay. That's what they're saying. Interesting. Yeah, the jury's out. We'll see. Let me make one more real, real quick, uh, real, real quick point, which is I wonder if once we get into this, I'm wondering if there's going to be a little bit more seriousness than what we're seeing. We're seeing all the comedy bits to get people interested. I'm wondering if, though, there'll be a little bit more heart to it once we start watching it. So the uh, showrunner, I guess you would call him. Uh, basically said, you know, he knows it's a lot of comedy and all that. and But he said that he will get into more of a, he didn't use the word serious. I don't remember what the words were, but kind of a more realistic scientific episodes here yeah. and there. But I mean, it'll still always have that comedic twist to it. Uh, and the question you're asking about the timeline. So you, you know, the year is 2380, but they're saying it is exactly one year after Nemesis. Interesting. Interesting. And five years before the flashbacks in Star Trek Picard. Hmm. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm looking for this show to be littered with Easter eggs. So, I mean, I can't I can't wait. I mean, I think it's going to be OK. I, mean, I think it's going to be OK, man. And it's I, don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if I can get used to the 30 minute episodes either. Uh, yeah. Well, the the thing about cartoon, the animated series, though, is that they're they're kind of, they have more freedom almost to do things that the live action shows can't. They can, you know, show aliens that you know, yeah, that's just impractical for live action shows. So I'm hoping they take advantage of that, and you know, and they can squeeze a lot in 30 minutes if they really want to. Yeah, and but- we'll we'll get to this episode in this episode that we're about to review. You know, 
there's a it seems like some episodes, some shows have like I guess a lot of wasted don't time. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! <laughs> don't I mean, you it's, dare! I mean, it's just I mean, and I'm all for a slow burn, but you know, just at some point I'm going to fall asleep. And the animated series they they can they tend to be able to do better with that. Let's make it shiny and pretty for Jeremy. <laughs> you know, I'll go one step further. Even some movies can do that. Make oh you literally boy. Here we fall go. asleep. Here we go. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all I'm going to say. <sighs> all right. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's pivot and go ahead and get into what we're reviewing today. We're reviewing the, the Star Trek, the original series episode, Balance of Terror, which originally aired on December 15th, 1966. After Rumbling Warbirds destroy Federation outpost, the Enterprise pursue them. Similarities between them and Vulcans spark bigotry against Spock. So we're going to go ahead and say if you haven't seen this episode from 1966, anything after this is pretty much going to be a spoiler. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. So let's go around the horn and get everybody's high-level opinion of this episode. And let's start with you, Cal. What do you think, man? I will say that it was a slow burn. It did creep on just a little bit longer than I wish it would have. That said, though, that there's only about five, maybe ten minutes of the creeping along a little bit that I'm referring to. As far as the story in itself... I love the themes that it explored. I thought it was a lot more mature than I expected it to be. And I thought it was well played. And for the most part, I thought it was well acted, you know, all the way around. So I enjoyed watching this. What about you, Jeremy? What did you think? Um, I'm going to surprise you. Not being a, a real fan, I guess you could say, of the original series, I actually really enjoyed this episode. Oh. Aside from the like, you know, the, the the bit of slow burn, and there was a few things I had issues with that I, that wasn't big enough to alter my enjoyment. But I think this is this is of the few episodes I've seen. This is probably my favorite so far. Oh, that makes me happy, man! And and, and really, that's the whole reason we're trying to go through here and pick the best of TOS is to maybe shine a new light or get a new appreciation. Cause I know, like I said, many, many times, we're not the biggest TOS fans here, which is kind of hard to say to be a Star Trek podcast, but, but we're, we're trying to you can go back through and form a, a newfound appreciation for these shows. Um, John, what you think, man? Um, believe it or not, I'm going to echo Jeremy here and say it was a really good episode. Uh, I didn't really get the slow burn part of it. Um, uh, but I, 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 maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe it would be. But I mean, from start to finish, I think it was pretty good. Now, I worry that once we get into it, we're <laughs> going to pick it apart. And I tried my best, my very absolute best to remove the visual opinions from it. Once I did that and took it for what it was, it was a great episode. Yeah, it's it's funny how you guys keep bringing up the visual. The visual didn't even bother me that much, man. I don't know. I I thought it looked night. It came out in nineteen sixty six, dude. I thought it looked pretty good, <laughs> and I agree with that. The visuals just didn't affect me at all, one way or another. 
Yeah, there was actually, a couple. There was a couple parts. But. Well, I mean, you probably like everything else. You're going to ruin it for me once you bring it up. <laughs> yeah, but see, I, I I think what I paid attention to the visuals were. I actually thought the visuals that they did were well done, considering that the fact this is 1966. Yeah, yeah. No, so, and I, I do. I 100% agree with that. I do, but it's still not the visuals I'm used to. In which yeah. case, that's why I said I had to make, I had to force myself or tell myself, <laughs> this is not what you're used to. This is probably cutting edge for that time. Watch it for what it is. And once you, once I did that, I enjoyed it. But just because I'm a spoiled brat <laughs> and I like my nice, pretty visuals, I, you know, that was a mental block I had to overcome. Let's make it pretty for Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. But yeah. Uh- for me i really love this episode is it a bit of a slow burn i will agree with you guys it is a bit of a slow slow burn but what you get from that slow burn is you get this battle of wits between these two captains who who at every end are trying to outdo each other outsmart each other so i I think that's what's really cool about it you get a a, a freaking awesome battle of wits we'll talk about the back history that we get for the romulans and how that relates to the vulcans that was you know 14 episodes in this is the first time we hear that uh that sheds light onto a lot of things and just as far as trek lore there are a lot of good things in here to let us know why the romulans are so feared uh, among the Federation. So, so many good things as far as foundation. And I thought the battle wits between the two captains was awesome. The marriage part, I could really take or leave it. They're just trying to set up an emotional tie with the whole marriage thing. But, but yeah, let's get into it and let's just start with that. This is the first wedding in Trek or attempted wedding before things went to hell in the handbasket. What, 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 do, what do you guys think of that whole opening scene? Well, I got the impression that this was just two kind of, and like I said, not not being overly familiar with the series. I got the impression this was two no-name, you know, crew members to just kind of they were a plot device. They weren't actual characters. They were they were a plot device. Yeah. Now I know Angela comes back in some episodes, but I will kind of agree with you. They were pretty much brought to the forefront in this episode because of what happens to uh, one of them by the end. Uh, but yeah, I, I do agree with you on that point, certainly. Yeah, and I will go ahead and say that this was the part that I was referring to a few minutes ago when I said that, you know, minus just a little bit of the movie, I mean, of the episode, and this is that part of the episode. To me, it would have strengthened the story if you would have cut this part out because it, it just seemed like it was tacked on for nothing more than what you, like what you guys said, the emotional factor and that just kind of irritated me more than made me enjoy it yeah. or t- it could be a time thing too you know sometimes they'll create these episodes and realize they're like running three or four minutes short and then have to go and film whole new scenes to fill that time it, that really has almost nothing to do with the overall plot hmm. i will say i liked it in the sense of you saw kind of you kind of get a glimpse of and we definitely get this in other series you get a glimpse of the crew pulling together for an event you know, you have Scotty working on the cameras, this broadcast of the whole ship. And and it's kind of it's it felt a little bit like, you know, everybody was trying to chip in to make this a, a, a cool little thing for these two. And again, like I think it's all about the 
the emotional tie to Robert Tomlinson and, and you know, we're going to say it. He, he doesn't make it to the end of the episode. So it, it was meant to strike an emotional core with us to see a casualty of, of, of war, I guess. And I've always taken these because, I mean, we we see a wedding in a couple of different episodes through Trick. And I've always taken it as just a way to kind of, you know, we watch, we sit down and we watch Star Trek and we kind of we're looking at it like, man, it is awesome. Look what they get to do. There are all these fancy computers we'll never have and traveling space like we'll never be. And these are just not people that we'll ever be. But it kind of ties it back to us. Like, you know, even though they do all of this, like they're still and I know this is going to sound corny and soft, but I mean, there's still love in the galaxy. There's still coupling. So there's still corny. marriages. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, it it yeah. kind of brings it back. It humanizes them. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I that's like why that. I've always taken it. And see, now you made me like that, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, and I will say uh, also, and I've seen it. I've been I've been going back through the the first season of TOS. I, I have one more episode left before I'm complete with the first season again. But I. I've I've been seeing and I've been really enjoying seeing the diversity that is in the cast. I mean, not just from the bridge crew, but just random scenes in the corridors. You see uh, people of color and all races uh, wandering around. So I, I just really appreciate that about Star Trek in 1966. I just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, um, the wedding is put on hold as we get news that outposts plural are falling by the wayside. Now I have to say, I do like how we get the diagram of the neutral zone and we get the, we get an explanation of the outpost along the asteroids that are located along the neutral zone. So I, I, I appreciated that diagram and them actually showing that and laying it out. But then we go into Spock giving a backstory on the Romulan Empire. Uh, any thoughts on this backstory? And I'll go in details after you guys give any thoughts on this, if you have any. But just some of the facts that he gave about the Romulans and how they kind of introduce us to the menace that they are portrayed as in this episode and going forward. Well, let me step back, if you don't mind, real quick to the image that you said of where they've mapped everything out. I think that that as far as the showrunners of when they're directing and putting this story together by letting the viewers see this map at the very beginning, you and they focus on it for quite some bit of dialogue. I think that was key to this story because you kind of keep that image in your mind throughout the rest of the story when they're going back and forth. You're not seeing this map, but you're you as a viewer have this map in your head so you can kind of visualize what's happening. I think that was really, really smart. And I really wish that's something they would have kept up through the rest of the like the other series, too, because, you know, when they talk about the Delta Quadrant or Ferengi space or Klingon space. It's difficult to have a frame of, frame of reference where that is as to where they are. So that would, you know, that'd be that it's a good idea that I wish they would have kind of continued on. Yeah. And I agree. And having like that view of the neutral zone, of course, we know this is boundary. Each of them shouldn't cross. But I think even with the current maps, they don't really highlight. They maybe they might do it. I can't remember if they do or not. They do. You get it, you get more, a couple of different maps on TNG 
uh, about the neutral zone and it it's fairly detailed probably more so okay uh but i mean this this kind of breaks it down the ones you get on tng is kind of has a lot more detail, so therefore it can be a little confusing. Well, yeah, you know, like in Voyager, they show the the maps on the in the Astrometric Lab, and right. they're just just a, just, everywhere. Just, yeah, just, yeah. yeah, just like kind of three D. Right. This yeah. one kind of just kind of laid it out and like it's color. Very very simple. A fifth grader can understand this one. Oh, yeah. right. Quite dummy proof, and I appreciate that. Me too. <laughs> But yeah, uh, getting into some of that backstory that Spock and I, I thought it was cool how the captain like um, he he throws the the mic to Spock to <laughs> to give the rundown, which I thought was pretty freaking cool. Uh, and he goes into this long thing about uh, the the treaty w- between the Romulans and Earth. The Earth Romulan conflict was established a hundred years ago. Uh, it was an, an, an atomic war, a nuclear war. Um, they went as far to say there was no captives, uh, no ship to ship visual communication, and they have absolutely no idea, no idea of what the Romulans look like. And I think that's what makes this episode so special is when we finally get that reveal, it, 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 it felt like a, uh, face of evil moment for me. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cal knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, what what do we think about just uh, any any other thoughts about like the Romulan backstory and how it's played into other series? And does it does it make us really realize why the Romulans are so feared among the Federation? I like the idea of the unseen enemy. I mean, I just I, it adds that element of uh, of just we don't know. Yeah. So we don't know who we're, we don't know who we're fighting. We just know we're fighting. So I, I, I like that. Hmm. I would agree with Jeremy that, I mean, it kind of adds some mysterious element to it. Uh, although I did question. <laughs> so we, we watched. So for everybody listening, I accidentally watched the wrong episode for reasons I'm not going to go into. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> which, which were alluded to earlier in the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, on that particular episode, uh, Kirk and Spock kind of refers to their library computer for information on a individual from, which episode was it um the one number right 14 <laughs> oh, i don't know the name of it i have to look it up uh but basically it was about um this guy that used to be a governor on a oh yes that's a fantastic yeah. episode the countries of the king there there you go there that's you a go. great episode man yeah, well, it was pretty good. Unfortunately, uh, anyway, <laughs> we won't get it. Did you watch but the whole thing? Twice. So so let me give you a quick tidbit. And you'll appreciate this. The book uh, Desperate Hours with Lorca, uh, it, it right. goes back 10, year, 10 years before the, the events of Discovery. And Lorca is actually on the planet with uh, Adrian Kodos, the executioner. And he he is actually tracking him down before he goes into hiding and changes his identity. It's really, really? cool, man. Yes, you would love it. Kirk's that in it. George awesome. in it. It's freaking awesome, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read that. That's a whole other <laughs> actually. There's That's an episode of Discussing Trek where you review that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. There's an episode where I review it. Yeah, but anyway, I didn't mean because. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well. So what I got from that, you know, from watching that, like I said, they refer back, they refer to the library computer trying to, 
you know, figure out if this guy is indeed this ruthless governor that killed bunches of people. And this library computer like pulls very detailed information about this person, about both people. So, you know, when we get to this episode and they've never, no one's ever seen Romulans, no, nobody knows anything about it. Like, I would assume there's some kind of historical text and pictures about this massive war 100 years ago that's still in a database that at least would be mandatory for the captains to know or see. Well, again, they've never seen them and there's a good reason why. So it's part of this story and I forget the name of the original movie that is kind of adapted from It's adapted on like a movie of a submarine movie. So it kind of takes that and uses it and you can tell how the Romulans are in their ship it's sort of like they're huddled around like a submarine telescope. Yeah. The um, enemy below. Yeah. The enemy from below. 1957. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where they're getting that from now. Yeah. Is it maybe far fetched that they never seen this race and they still formed a treaty with them? That might be a little far fetched though, but I, th- I think it may, it can make some sense. It can make some sense, man. Now I think what's, even more maybe hard to wrap your head around is the fact you know like our world and our colony our colonization that this was actually and spock alludes to it possibly or alludes that it's probably an offshoot of the vulcan race and we get that in later trek uh definitely so we get that backstory in later trek but here is the genesis of that and i think that's that's a cool idea to have this race of people who are offshoot but you don't really know exist and i i do think it makes sense that since they said well i think they said this in their view screens were not widely in use 100 years ago so that's how they why they never saw and it makes Uh sense if you're communicating over radio i mean yeah that does make sense and look at it from the perspective of a viewer in 1966 you're in you know, however many episodes that you're in, 13, 14, 15, however many of them there are at this point, and you're watching and you've kind of invested in Mr. Spock at this point. Right. And then you see this revelation that these bad guys that you're look just like Spock. So it kind of, yeah. as the a 90, I mean, a 66 viewer, what, what are you thinking at that point? And I think that is cool for this episode. Well, it also kind of parallels with the communist scare at the time because you did, you know, at the point, you know, who's a communist? Is your neighbor a communist? Is your partner a communist? You know, because they all, you know, look the same or, you know, you don't know who the enemy is because you don't know who's a communist. Yeah. And, and Styles says it's such. It goes that time. Yeah. And, and Styles says it. He says they could be on the ship right now. We don't know what they look like, which goes into my next point. I guess we can pivot into. And that's, and that's Hillsman Styles this guy <laughs> this guy has the nerve to question the captain in at several points well first when we get we get the revelation where he knows a lot about the Romulan history because his great grandfather and his great uncles or cousins actually fought in the war from from 100 years ago and then Kirk tells him it's, it's, it's their war, not yours. Don't forget it. And it's just like several moments within the episode where Styles actually actually tries the captain. He, he, he kind of kind of put the captain's I'm not, uh, courage or about uh, our ability to lead on the line by saying that he might retreat. You know, he said that a couple of times that, you know, you're not going to retreat, are you? Or 
or, or in so many words. And yeah, I, I found it interesting how he was allowed to kind of voice his, his opinion like that. Yeah, I was kind of expecting Kirk to like punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, I think that's you know I think that's what they wanted. I think we wanted everybody wanted to kind of punch him uh, in the face again. I mean, his whole idea of you know let's make the Federation great again kind of that's that's the the image of the, that I that I get from this guy. But but see, I didn't get that feeling. I didn't want to punch him in the face because I felt like he was. I don't want to say justified, but you know this is a blood. For him, this is a blood feud. So in his mind, he was justified by questioning Kirk. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's also I I see that as you at you're at war with a particular race, and this may be a throwback to uh, Japanese Americans. They're they're in some one of our great wars where we internment camps. We we thought because they looked a certain way, we they couldn't be free. They couldn't roam. So we use their prejudice against a race we were going to war with as a means to imprison them, you know? And I think that's kind of what <laughs> styles is doing. He's like, you look, you look just like our greatest enemy. Yeah, it's a problem here. And then of right. course, of course, Kirk shoots him down after, you know, styles is paranoia ensues. And he says, uh, well, uh, here's one thing you can be sure of mister. He said, mister a lot in this episode, leave any bigotry in your quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. Yes. I, I that was love my favorite. that. Freaking yep. Yeah. <laughs> my, that was, I had that written down. That's my favorite. Yeah. So styles, he, he was, he was a bit of work in this episode. I will admit. And, and then we have the other part, which is the other, I think, uh, pillar of this episode. And that's the battle of wits between Kirk and the Romulan commander. Now this part might, may be a little hard to talk about, but I just found like maybe the last 30 minutes of the episode was each of them put, you know, one over the other. They were almost equals. They were going head to head to try to outwit and outsmart, outplay the other. And I found all that fascinating. And it really, and once we start talking to the Romulan commander, does he, is he ever named? I'm not sure if he's named or not. No, no, they never, they never name him. But but I found it interesting once we talk, started talking to him. It made me think a lot of a couple of um, TNG episodes. There is, I can't remember the episodes. I should have researched it. But there's one episode where you have a defector. It might be called defector. You have it a is. defector that is trying to warn, um, to warn the Federation about a particular event. And, and, it, and it turns out they just tricked him because they thought he was a you know, he was, um, what do you call it? Double agent. Yeah. Double, there you go. Double agent. They thought he was a double agent and he leaked out this plan for this outpost that wasn't even there across the neutral zone. So it, it definitely reminded me of that, but I just, I mean, I want to know you guys' thoughts, but I just thought like the, the high, the second half of the episode was just them going back and forth and trying to outmaneuver out with each other. Anybody? Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, but I can't, I kind of thought they built they built that up to be that a little too much. Oh man! It, you know, yeah, I I didn't see a lot of like command wit, other than like I don't think I think Spock would have done the same thing Kirk did. Does that make sense? Not to yeah. say it was not good. I just don't I don't see it as something like oh this is a 
battle genius. You know what I mean? I will say what Kirk does is because of his for his bridge officers, he calls them in a room and they talk about strategy and Kirk is lamenting starting this war or going to battle with this, with uh, this enemy. But, and this is something, uh, a note I got written down here. Spock basically tells Kirk that they need to do a Vulcan. Hello. Um, and this definitely reminded me of Michael Burnham and this might be where they got it from. But he said, uh, do you need to strike fear in these enemies from the jump to prevent a bigger war? You need to give them that. Hello. You have to give them that gut punch to, to back them off because they are a formidable foe. And he talked about a little bit about how if they are, in fact, an offshoot of the Vulcan race, they were a very savage race. Um, and if they haven't evolved as much as the Vulcans have, it could it could cause some real issues. So, again, like I thought that was very rem- reminiscent of the Vulcan. Hello, it reminded me of that. And I, I bet this is where they got it from. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of looked at it from the sense of it wasn't just Kirk. I did feel like it was a you know, team effort or he was relying. Yes, he was making the ultimate decision, but he was relying on his entire bridge crew. On the flip of that, it made me respect the Romulan commander a little bit more because he's really maneuvering this against. So the so his councils, you know, the people that are with him are really kind of this is what we need to do. And he's going against that. So whereas One's embracing, the other one's fighting against, and they're still having this cat and mouse game. And then we get to the end where I feel, and I don't, I don't want to jump ahead, go but, for I, it. I feel, but well, I feel like the um, well, I mean, <laughs> commander is wanting to make peace, but he's going for duty and the things that he has been taught and, you know, done for all these years, and he's doing what he feels likes best for his people, not necessarily what he wants to do. Cause I think he wants to have that peaceful, you know, let's, you know, shake hands or whatever between him and Kirk. That's the way I interpreted it at least. Yeah. He, he definitely talks about his training about what he's been trained to do. I mean, early on in the episode, he mentions that I can't wait to see the stars at home or from home of home. And that just kind of established that he really loves his home and that, even the thought of there being a war in their homeland is something that he, he, he doesn't even want to come close to, although he's sworn to his duty and he's going to do what he has to as a commander. He really wants to try to avoid war at all costs. And that's where I feel like him and Kirk are similar in that aspect because they're both ultimately just, it's just something they have to do at this moment, but they don't want to go to war. They want to maintain the peace but yet and still they're they're having to outwit each other throughout this episode. Now, now one of the things I found funny, this was actually one of my qualms about the episode. Sulu makes the comment. I got it written down here. Let me find it. Yeah. Sulu makes the comment when, um, styles says that we can get them on sensors. He makes the comment that, uh, because we can't visually see them, our targeting is worse. Did you, did any of you guys catch that? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, he he like argues styles down because we we can't have we can't get a visual that we can't target as well. I like what you can get them on sensors. You ought to be able to target just as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, a- I, I I can't think of any time in Trek where that's ever mentioned that way. Yeah. Uh, and again, hmm. this is the genesis of that. That's this is the first time we see a cloak ship. Um, 
So and and, and I, I really think in that aspect is brilliant of how they lay out the story of tracking and um actually the battle ensuing again like the Remlin commander does an idiotic thing he goes into the wake of a comment and he's trying <laughs> don't you know you're going to be seen if you go in the wake of a comment and but he was doing it to damper their sensors even more so and maybe he didn't know that i mean just like the federation has never interacted with a romulan ship true like they they don't know that they assume their cloaking device will not show yeah like because they're invisible they won't make a path you know yeah good point because he, he even made the comments like how how is he following me this is uncanny or something like that <laughs> but you know and now back to the sensor thing i, I can kind of get that like so you know when we're playing bridge crew and you have to scan an object, you you have to count you have to select that object or else your scanners don't really work. I mean you could probably do a broad scan, yeah. But I mean unless you can pinpoint an object and like aim all of your sensors at it, you will not get an accurate reading. Yeah. And probably probably back then at the beginning, like sensors were not that great unless you could direct them to something well, it's, it's probably like you know doing surgery you know if you got to remove a kidney stone you want to see you want to know where it is and see where you're going otherwise you could pull out the liver you could pull out you know the stomach well they still do that anyway well i know but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, i mean it's just it's it just you know the precision is better but you know just going blind if you don't have sensors going blind it's just yeah, I, I guess I guess it makes some sense, though. I think in our current century, in the updated century, they don't depend on visual at all. So, you know, it makes it probably makes sense for this time, to be honest. Uh, but but yeah, I, I love the comment. I love I love the the Romulan ship doing uh, or having the, the debris fill. And the second time they use it, they put like a nuke in it. <laughs> I thought all that was cool. Just uh, a lot of good tactical stuff in this, man. I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then like uh, any other thoughts, because I want to get to the end and the Romulan commander's last little spiel. I thought that was freaking brilliantly acted, man. Brilliantly acted. I, I really enjoyed that. What, what about you, Kyle or Jeremy? Did you what did you think of the Romulan commander's last little spiel to Kirk. Kyle, go ahead. Well, I think I kind of hit on it earlier. I think his, his difference, but this, but, but sameness to Kirk in some aspects, I really, really liked. I, 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 I think that was part of the best part of the, of the entire episode. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts, Jeremy? I mean, I, I agree. I think that's probably, you know, it was a good climax. You know, it was it was kind of worth the burn, I guess. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was very uh, clean on of him. Yeah, it really, really, that's what I was thinking when I was like, "That's a very Klingon way to thing to do." And that, I mean, I, now that's what you would expect from like a expert Martok. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, if he's a decorated general or wartime commander, you know what I mean? And he's, yeah. I mean, that just kind of lets you know that he's not doing this for political reasons not doing this for you know whatever the case may be he's only doing it because that's what he does and that's what he's good at and it's battle that's what he does and there's rules in battle and i don't break them and yeah. that's that's honorable yeah i mean that whole self-destruct thing or stay there and get killed i mean we see that in we see that on the federation side too but it's never followed all the way through there's something right. that saves it from happening at the very end 
Janeway uh-huh. always cancels it. <laughs> At the last second, no doubt. Uh, I think humans kind of got there's a limit on honor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like we're honorable, but come on, guys. You're not gonna go boom. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just to recite that last little speech by the commander. Uh, no, no, is not our way. I regret that we met in this way. You and I are of a kind in a different reality. I could have called you friend. We are creatures of duty, Captain. I have lived my life by it. Just one more duty to perform. <laughs> so great. So well acted. But yeah, that's all I have. Uh, if you guys... Do you guys have any other? One more thing I kind of wanted to touch on. So, and this to me would be a highlight of the episode for me. And also just kind of give you an in-depth of like Kirk's development. And that's when he and McCoy were having a conversation in his quarters. And Kirk was kind of questioning whether he was going to, whether he was making the right decision. Yeah. You know, he says, what if I'm, what if I'm wrong? And McCoy says, in this galaxy, there is a mathematical probability of three million Earth type planets and all the galaxies and all of the all of that, perhaps more. It's only one of us. So don't destroy yourself, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that kind of put Kirk back in the right it's frame of right mind. Right the feels. Yeah. <laughs> what he said, 10 million million or something like that. I can't remember what he said. Yeah. Three yeah. Million, million. yeah. There's only one Kirk. <laughs> Don't destroy it. And, and, you know, we were talking about styles at the beginning of the episode, and I think the cool bookend to that was the man who was being so, you know, racist against um, Spock. Who is it that saves you in the end? Spock. Yeah. And I, I just thought that that oh, was good point. very, very, very well done. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Good writing, man. I think this is a well-written episode. It is methodical. It's kind of slow, but I, I think it's definitely enduring. But you know what? I think even though I did say it was a slow burn, I think that you could not have had some of these smaller character moments, hence the, the, the setting up of the racist comments. And then at the end, you're going back, our species comments, not racist species comments, and then going back at the end, you wouldn't have had time to do this if you would have had a more action-packed episode. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I agree. Yeah. I think I'm going to seek out the original version because I know the version we're watching on Netflix is the the enhanced. Um, they did a remaster like 10, 15 years ago. So I want to see what the original ship Romulan ship looked like. I thought it was interesting that it actually had a bird painted under it. <laughs> See, I thought that was silly. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of, that was a roll my eyes kind of moment there. They so, could have at least done it out of like clay or something. Yeah. It looked like a 12 year old got a three. Oh, stop. I will say this about the, the ship, the original version versus the remastered version. They just it looks like they zoomed in on it and made it more detailed. And it's actually lighter. The ship is from the original version and, and they replaced the stars. So, I mean, it, it, you can definitely tell a difference, but the design itself pretty much looks the same. Cool. Cool. I'm definitely going to seek that out and try to try to watch that. All right. Well, I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. Uh, and right now, uh, 
again, thank you guys for joining us for this review. Please tell us how we're wrong. Always tell us how we're wrong. You can send that in at fans at DiscussingTrek.com. And let's go around a horn and see what everybody has been working on, podcast related or otherwise. And let's start with you, John. What have you been working on, man? Or just a parking gift that you want to give? Um, so not much, man. Not much. Uh, as you know, we've kind of and started a little bridge crew playing here every now and then. So everybody yeah. should try that out. It's pretty hilarious until you get the hang of it. <laughs> Just remember, stay at least 29 <laughs> kilometers away from anything you want a torpedo. Yeah, we learned we learned it lesson the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I will also say uh, I've been watching uh, well DS9 number one uh, Ozarks is pretty good number two but the new season of Yellowstone started so I've really been into that so that's pretty good awesome sauce what about you Jeremy so a few things actually uh, some trivia for this episode uh, I'm surprised nobody else caught on the Romulan commander uh, I think his name is Mark Leonard. Goes on to play Sarek, Spock's father, really? in this uh, series. Interesting. In movies. He also, I'm not done yet. He is the first actor to play a Romulan, a Vulcan, and a Klingon in the Star, in Star Trek uh, <laughs> franchise. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty freaking cool. Good old Sarek. He played, he played a uh, Klingon captain in one of the movies. Interesting, interesting. And this also the last episode of Yeoman Rand. Yeah, Yeoman Rand. Oh, good old Yeoman Rand. I forgot why she got kicked. Did she get? Kicked? I think she get kicked, got kicked off for some reason. I can't she is because of sexual harassment. Oh boy! Wow. Okay, I don't want to touch that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, but I think she does come back eventually in one of the movies. She- She's in the Voyager flashback episode. Yeah, has, with Sulu. Yeah. And I think she did some of the movies. Yeah, she is. Mm, Yeoman Ran. Cool. And also, just, you know, things we like to leave people. I would like everyone to know to avoid Stargate Origins. I finally sat down and watched this uh, this weekend. Man, it's horrible. Just horrible. Is, is that the online only Stargate thing? Yeah, it was. The, it was the webisodes that they turned it. They just turned it was like ten webisodes. They turned it into a movie, and they should have just not done it. It can't be that bad. It was. Look, it's awful. It, it's very low budget. Um, it looks like a high school play. <laughs> but I think it's a part. It's a part of the Stargate movie universe and not the Stargate show universe, right? Or is it the same? I think it's the same. And what kind of makes me mad about this is that um, Connor Trainer. Yeah, Trip. Trip's in it. Yeah, he's in this. Oh. And he should know better. (laughs) Is it that bad guy? I'm gonna watch it just for punishment. (laughs) I I mean, if if you watch it and get mad, don't get mad at me. Okay. I give it a try, you know. I'll check it out. And what about you, Cal Jones? All right. So for me, uh, we are currently on discussing Who and Series Five, or the 2010 series of Doctor Who. And just for fun, I have been binge watching a show called Death in Paradise, and believe it or not, has had a lot of guest stars from Doctor Who. So enjoying seeing them pop up uh, as as I'm watching it. So. I'm, 
there are, I don't think there's about 10 series of this show. And I think I'm on halfway through series four now. So enjoying that. Chucking along, now, man. Kyle of memory serves the, the guy who's the lead in death in paradise. And I haven't seen the show. He was in the running to be the doctor at one point. He was for the 13th doctor, but he's a comedy but, but, guy. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a, uh, Chris Marshall. Okay. Yeah. I remember hearing that name, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So, but I'm purposely not going to like Wikipedia or anything and reading up on it, uh, so that I don't learn <laughs> anything about the show because it, I've, I've really enjoyed because there's been some like big things happening behind the scenes with some of the people leaving and going, you know I mean? Not behind the scenes, but in the story that I wouldn't have been surprised about had I read up. So purposely avoiding spoilers. So, and what's the name of that show again? Death in paradise. Yeah, man, I know that's hard for you because you are usually all <laughs> into yeah. finding the tidbits. So, yeah, good on you, man. Yeah. Last episode, I was ticked off at the end because of something that happened. But like I said, if I would have read about it, I would have known about it. So, uh, And I'll also give, I'm going to give two recommendations. The first recommendation is going to be watch The Expanse on Amazon. The Expanse is a bit of a burn, but it gets freaking awesome. It, it reminds me a lot of Picard season one. Take that as you may. I know some people hate Picard season one, but the way they lay, not so much in the sci-fi of it specifically, but the way they lay out the story, the story, you know, you get halfway through the season and then you see a bunch of flashbacks to give you the full detailed story, just like you do on Picard. So in that way, the storytelling is very similar and it's something they do in each of their, well, I know in the second season they do it that way as well. So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the expanse. There's another space sci-fi show that I think is is kind of cool. So uh take that as you may. And also I'm gonna say definitely check out the Relativity Podcast for the final 10 episodes. The first Ooh. one just dropped on the 20th of July. So definitely check out the Relativity Podcast for the final 10. Uh, one of the last 10 dropped today, nine more to go. Um, I can't wait to hear the full story. So, yeah. So, does Marcus go full in? Hey, man, you got to listen to find out. I can't. Come on. <laughs> spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. But, yeah, man, um, I just can't wait till it all, all gets out there. It's been a great journey, man. And, and definitely check it out. Every one of you should be listening to the Relativity Podcast, which can be found on any of the podcast players of your choice all right and that's it, it for awesome awesome uh, lee's the man and that's it for me guys um i will say if again if you want to send in feedback direct at the fans at discussing trek.com or at discussing trek on any of the social medias as it were until next time guys live long and prosper Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe.
Climb aboard the perilous journey of one man attempting to reach a distant world and the woman on Earth who battles endlessly to keep him alive. Mission Control, was that sound what I think it was? We're not sure yet, but we know it can't be good. Join the thousands of science fiction adventure fans who have discovered Relativity at RelativityPodcast.com. Relativity. Discussing at work. <laughs>